We'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which we record this podcast today. We would also like to pay our respect to Elders past and present. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. You are listening to Best Duties, an LGBTQIA podcast all about the incredible community that we have here in Australia and all around the world and highlighting those people that we love in our community who are doing amazing things. Hi, my name is Justin Hill. I am a TV presenter and red carpet reporter. And the terribly average thing that I did today was I folded my washing that has been sitting in the laundry for a week. You are adulting 101. You did it. Bad man for not folding my laundry. As long as it's done, that's all that really matters, though. (laughs) Surely. True. Hi, I'm Sam Devonport, an events manager by day and a drag queen by night, and today my terribly average thing that happened to me was I bought a new vacuum cleaner. (gasps) Was it a fancy Dyson? It is. Is it really? It is. You're earning the big cash money. I saved up for it. I've been wanting a Dyson (gasps) for so long, and I feel like I'm a real adult now that I have a new vacuum cleaner. How good is that feeling when you do, like, the first vacuum with it and you're like, I haven't done it yet. Stay tuned for next week's episode where I'm going to do a review on my Dyson. It's literally like better than chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) Toto, I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. Now, we have a very, very special guest in the studio today. I guess all of our guests are very special, but in particular... You know, you are today's special guest. Thank you. Uh, Thank you for being so kind to me. Absolutely. Please welcome to the studio, etc., etc., or Oliver. Hello. Hi, everyone. Welcome. Nice to be here. I'm glad that I'm in this lovely air-conditioned studio. Isn't it nice? Temperature controlled. It is muggy today. Like, it's sticky. Mm. Is it? I don't think I've actually even been outside. Oh, no. Don't do it. It's sticky. Yeah. Oh, no. That means we're getting back to that awful time of the year when... Hair starts to go curly and mm. oh, sweaty. S- spring's coming. And you know, today is the first day of Libra season. Is it? It is, which and also means... happy uh, bisexual... Bisexuality. Bisexuality. Bi- mm-hmm. <laughs> happy bisexual visibility day. There we go. Got there wow. in the end. You had to do like three cartwheels to get over that word there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, Oliver... Um, Unlike, we wanted you to come into the studio today because there was a big news article recently where a lot of people were, I guess, shocked and also probably a little bit confused mm. about, uh, you know, Sam Smith coming out as, um, as you know, kind of like not identifying as either male or female. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people said to me, they were like, what does that mean? I don't understand I think it. a lot of people were just very confused because it's something yeah. that has not been a thing, I guess. I, I don't know what's the best way to describe it's it. It's not been hugely mainstream. Exactly. For a, ever, really. Yeah. And now it's coming to the mainstream. And the good thing was, is that a lot of people that spoke to me about it were not negative about it. They were just like, can you can you explain to me what it is? And that, you know, you are in the same boat as Sam, where you um, pr- prefer to go by the pronouns of they and them, correct? Mm-hmm. Definitely, yep. Which makes you such an interesting person and so fascinating. And I think that a lot of people would appreciate to hear your story and those people that are listening and maybe have seen this in the media or had this in their lives would love to hear from someone who does go by those pronouns. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Anyone I can corner at any social (laughs) event, here's my story, whether they like it or not. I've got a glass of wine in one hand and I'm like, now let me tell you. Um, Well, I identify as non-binary and I mean in the spectrum of uh, infinite gender that we live in, mm-hmm. you can identify anywhere within that, I believe, but I find the word non-binary to best describe my experience. Um, I suppose I suppose 
talking about trends and in gender and looking at why these things are coming to the mainstream, it's really interesting because if you go back across the world throughout history, there's been First Nations and Indigenous people who have always identified with the idea of a third gender. Yes. Yeah. Um, and there's always been uh, culturally people within society that have existed on the fringe of a binary gender system. They're mm-hmm. not male, they're not female, they sit in between. And very often they were given the titles of like mystics or witches or right. sorcerers or spirits. I'm going to learn so much oh today. Oh my God, are you a witch? Uh, maybe oh. I am. I wish I could do magic. Oh. I wish, I wish. Um, they, they always just gave, there was always some kind of fringe mysticism around gender, especially yeah. in a lot of... um countries that weren't necessarily Western and, and mm-hmm. colonialized. Um, and so we kind of, we kind of lost that as the world became more and more um, modern. And yeah. um, I, I think recently people have started to connect spiritually with themselves a bit more. Um, I'm not a religious person at all, but I am, I am spiritual. Spiritual in the yeah. sense that I understand that there's a universe out there. Yeah. There's things happening. I, we, I, I would put myself in the totally. same path as that. Yeah. We don't know what's going on. Like, no. honestly. There's, and how can we? Yeah. We're on a giant ball of rock. Yeah. We could sit for a long time void. talking about this. <laughs> oh, we could. We could. We definitely could. Uh, we're at one of those parties where I'm cornering yeah, you no. with my wife. <laughs> Here mm. you come. Um, I suppose the main thing for me is that I don't look at gender as a linear or finite thing. Mm-hmm. I... Some people describe non-binary as one day I wake up as, you know, feeling like a girl and one day I wake up feeling like a boy. I don't find that the most useful description because it makes people think that you're just indecisive. Yeah. Um, More so to me, I wake up and I look at myself in the mirror and I don't see the gender markers that anyone puts on me. Of course. Because obviously being a full-time drag queen, when I'm in drag that's ultra feminine people you know w- want to refer to me all the time as you know oh you're a girl you're so fishy you're such a woman oh woman and yeah. i look at myself and i go well i don't feel like that but when i'm out of drag people uh, they say things like oh my gosh you're such a beautiful boy oh my god uh, look at you you're a man look at your big mm. manly arms and i'm like <laughs> well please don't point them out <laughs> I, well, I'm just, I, I, I thought you were going somewhere else with that then my <laughs> arms <is> well, <laughs> um what kind of podcast is this um, uh, I and I, I don't know. It started like that, and then I and then I delved deeper into it. I, mm. At first, first I thought, oh, maybe I just don't like people talking to me. But then I realized it was that I didn't like relatable. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everyone can relate to that. But I didn't like the fact that society and and um, the world that we live in forces people to sit within a certain box, and yeah. it happens all the time, not just with gender. But I think Sam Smith coming out as non-binary and using they/them pronouns, um, I think it speaks to a large shift towards people being comfortable in expressing their gender in a non-binary way, saying, I don't have to sit within a box to exist. Sitting within a box is something that was created to sell things to me, Mm. was created to categorize me, control me, and that there's been instances throughout history of people living outside the gender binary and anyone um, who has an issue with that. I, I just don't see where their issues align with yeah. um, other than thinking in a very colonial, like imperialist way. The way that I describe it to people and some people out there might find this helpful is that if someone says to me, oh, okay, so that person is not female, they're not male. And I'm like, yeah. And, but then they might say to me, but I like, so are they, you know, do they wake up one day and say, oh, today I'm a female or today I'm a male. And I'm like, no, you have to understand it as being like, there's black and there's white and there's gray. Mm-hmm. And let's say female is black, male is white, and then non-binary is gray. It covers all all parts of the spectrum. And mm. you can wake up and feel gray. You don't have to wake up and feel male or female. You can be neither. And there's a lot of gray in between yeah. black and white. Oh, like, there's so many different shades yeah, of gray. Of course. A hundred percent. It's very difficult to... For, 
for me to talk on the behalf of anyone else having a mm-hmm. different experience as a non-binary person because I just know where I situate. Right. I have friends who are non-binary who wake up and they're like, 90% of the time I feel masculine. And then sometimes I lo- like feel very, very feminine. Yeah. Like maybe one day of the week or one day of the month or one day of the year. And then it's not really like a let's like flip a coin and what am I going to be no. today. It's very much like... Uh, it's very personal, and I think and it that's their should choice stay that to, way. To um, focus it if they want to, like, yeah. So you're like you say, it is a tricky thing, tricky thing to talk about because you can only speak on your no, behalf. No yeah. two persons experience of the exactly. same agenda, and also presentations are very different thing from how you yeah. feel. Like there's been so many Absolutely. days where I'm like, gosh, I would love to go out with a full face of makeup today yeah. and in a dress, but I'm going to Western Sydney for a job and I'm going right. to get bashed. Like there's, it's very different between people saying, well, if you feel this way, why don't you transition? Why don't you become a woman. It's like, well, I don't feel like that. Yeah. Um, but I wish I could present in a more non-binary way without feeling so unsafe. Of course. Absolutely. The big concern I think a lot of people have is, am I going to upset you if I essentially misgender you? So, and I think that that, that is a really valid point that a lot of people have because they're immediately, their brain immediately goes, okay, so you're presenting as male. So my brain goes male or you're presenting as female or that you might be presenting as non-binary, but for them, they may perceive it from their understanding of, of how you might be presenting and they automatically will slip up. So is it, is it upsetting for you for that to happen? And should people be worried about that? Um, I like to think of it as um, asking and remembering someone's name. Mm -hmm. If you meet someone Mm -hmm. for the first time and you say, what's your name? So lovely to meet you. And they say, oh, my name's James. You wouldn't then go, oh, lovely to meet you, Andrew. Of course. Um, If you did it one or two times and you were like, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I thought you were my friend. I forgot that you were that person. I'll remember your name. Then you'd go, that's totally fine. I totally understand you're meeting me for the first time. It's not an issue. But if you continue to call me Andrew, even though I told you my name was James. Of course you'd be upset. There's just something going on other than Mm. you just forgetting. And I find it is never, in my experience of, uh, I think probably within my group of friends and in a wider sense, I've been going by they, them pronouns for maybe just under a year now. Mm -hmm. It's, um, it's never the case that someone's just simply forgetting yeah. or um, a reason or being like, it. oh my gosh, I totally forgot. You look so much like a man today that I just deliberately decided to um, mm, forget right. that conversation we had about you not being yeah. a man. And it's very interesting that it will, it will always be from people that feel very uncomfortable with that idea and never people that just forget. Yeah. I, tell me about, I have so many questions for you. And Please I feel like I'm gonna ask. Play go for it. Do it. Tell me about. Um, firstly, about the moment when that, you know, about a year ago when you decided that they and them was for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I was always, okay. So growing up, I, a lot of non-binary people were like, oh, growing up, I was always playing in nature in the trees. I knew I was a wood nymph and I was free with the universe. Me. Yeah. And, and so <laughs> and like, I, I never felt that I, I grew up and I was raised by my parents as a boy. Um, but I was also raised by my parents in a very... I would just say open-minded sense. Yeah. I was always very, my parents were never like, oh, you want to do drama or a dance? That's not for you. My parents were also like, go out in the backyard and dig for bugs. Yeah. And I was like, great. I'm just a person growing mm-hmm. up. And I think, um, I think going through, I went to a Catholic private school and they were very much like boys, girls. And I mm-hmm. always felt, I always remember feeling uncomfortable when I was being like the boys PE room. Yeah. Not because I, I mean, obviously growing up and I was also like, I'm same sex attracted or like I'm gay. I was like, I don't know, like, whether it's because I'm uncomfortable because I'm gay, but now looking back on it, it's because I felt like I wasn't... More gender. I, I just wasn't meant to be in that space. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, and then about a year ago, I think it was, I have a, I've made a lot of great friends recently in the past few years um, on the trans non-binary spectrum and having a lot of conversations with them. I kind of nailed down on the fact that my experience through my teen years and coming to Sydney and working in drag, because I was like, I feel amazing for the first time. Why do I feel amazing for the first time? Um, <laughs> you were living. Exactly. Mm. I realised it was something more than just um, me getting attention. It was it was me being able to actually unlock that feminine energy. A bit of self-discovery. That, yeah. yeah, definitely. And um, me starting to use they, them pronouns, I felt so dirty and weird about it. I felt like every time that I would tell someone new or that someone that I know would say, like, I was terrified that anyone was going to refer to me in any way. <laughs> so I was like, I don't want to have to be the one to say, oh, I'd prefer if you use yeah. they, them pronouns. I've gotten a lot better at it now, but there's still people I won't correct. Like, all the time. And it's not because I don't, I think that they're going to react negatively to me or they're going to be aggressive. I just... It takes a lot of most emotional, like, yeah. toll to do it. And I just, you've got to pick the right opportunity. Otherwise, yeah. you just, sometimes you do sound like a dick. Like, I'm not going to, if you're serving me at, like, McDonald's, I'm not going to be like, you just called me a man. Yeah. I'm going to take <laughs> class action lawsuit against you. You just get on with it. McSue yeah. you. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I've got so many more problems with McDonald's than them misgendering me. Like, they oh, always. What about Big Mac sauce, though? Big That's Mac really sauce. Good. They never give you I'm... enough. When you get the 24 piece yeah. nuggets, I there are always... never enough There's sauces. never enough sauces. <laughs> See, anyway. In, within this I have a lot of here. feelings about this. Can we yeah, not, no, please? I'm yeah. very much a sauce person, so we're definitely on the same page. Yeah. Um, my other question is, what is the biggest, I guess, the biggest challenge you find as being someone who's non-binary? Um, for me, it's waking up every morning, looking in the mirror and looking at my body, which is still very male presenting mm-hmm. and looking at the things about it, which I find very, I suppose some people would use the term dysphoria, like it makes me feel dysphoric. Um I look at parts of my body, like especially my body hair, my facial hair, um, sometimes the shape of my face, the shape of my body, and I don't see myself in the mirror necessarily. Um, I sometimes find it very hard to look at myself if I'm not in drag um, because when I'm in drag, I create the silhouette, I create the face, I create the look that I feel like in my head. Yeah. But then when I um, look at myself outside of that, I'm like, I don't know who this person is yeah, looking okay. back at me in the mirror. Because the person on the inside isn't what you see on the outside. Yeah. Or, or even just, I, I feel like sometimes, and this is bizarre to explain to people, but sometimes I feel like I've been a victim of like a botched plastic surgery attempt yeah. where they deliberately mm-hmm. tried to make me look more like a man. Yeah. And I wake up and I'm like, why? Like, I need to take all this off. Yeah. Like, um. Yeah, it's very much an energy and it's so hard to pin down. And every time, this is why debates and, and conversations about non-binary existence is so hard to to have because it's not like, here are the facts. It's like, here's how I feel. Yeah. And um, I can't rationalize all those feelings. Feelings for, against facts. Yeah. And if I if I could, then we there wouldn't, wouldn't be, be having yeah. a conversation. But yeah. also too, I guess it's it's a matter of us as a you know population and as a society heading in that direction of where we are. I guess, taking those feelings and turning them into facts because, you know, go back 50 years and you look at someone who is maybe transgender who who wants to go from, say, male to female, and they probably were just feeling things back then as well. So I guess we're on a trajectory of turning those feelings into facts. Oh, totally. And I think, I think the progress that we're taking is really, 
really amazing. Mm. Um, unfortunately, I think it's always the way. The more progress you take in one direction, the more uh, conservative and radical the groups that oppose those directions become. Yeah. So the more progressive we become with accepting trans and non-binary individuals, the ones that don't approve of it, the nastier they become. And that's yeah. that's sometimes the issue. If everything was just like the way it was, everyone right. would just kind of like go around the without a problem. The positive get more positive yeah. and uh-huh. the negative get more negative. Yeah, um, exactly. The comments on the, if you looked on the Sydney Morning Herald website, they put up an article about Sam Smith's pronouns. The comments on there were foul. Mm. I got into a Twitter fight with a gay porn star. Oh, really? I did about the same. That surprises me as well. Community Mm -hmm. that you would have negativity like that. That I don't understand. It's like why are you kicking our own people while they're down? Yeah, he posted on his Twitter. How hard is it for us to just? Say they and them. No, it's not. Like if it, if it's going to make you happy, then why aren't I doing it? Yeah. Well, his argument that it was was that it was grammatically incorrect. He said, "I'm not going." He's like, "I was raised not to refer to someone as a plural. I'm not dumb. Why would I refer to someone as more than one person? I don't care who Sam Smith is, and I'm going to continue to call him he." And I replied, and I was like, "Well, actually, they them is a grammatical. It's not grammatically singular. incorrect. It's a singular. If you if you were inviting a friend to a party, their wallet, yeah. their wallet, their keys. Uh, yeah. Are they going to bring the salsa to the party? Like you can just refer to people singularly. Absolutely, singularly. <laughs> um, this is the biggest thing that I have when I have conversations with people. They go, "Why does it matter? Why does it matter what we call you? Why does it matter if we use they them?" Or he, him, like, shouldn't you just get over it and realize that you're you and you can just, like, get over it? And that's how I am dealing with being me is by using those words. But can't you say the same thing back? Why does it matter what it it is that you call me? Why do you care about it? Why do you have to call me he or she? Exactly. And I think in this world where we're so obsessed with labels, people people always say to me, why are you so obsessed with labels? And I'm like, because the world is so obsessed with labels. And if I don't label myself, I get lost. My issues don't matter. My voice doesn't matter. And and I don't have a platform. Exactly. And someone else will stick a label on me and say, you're... So and this so. or that. Yeah. You're, yeah. Um, you're, I wish I was more than one person. I'd get a lot more work done. <laughs> if I was if I was a true they them pr- plural, can you imagine? <laughs> There'd be more than one of me. Can you It'd be perfect. My house would be clean. Yeah. I'd be making You'd twice be cleaning the your paycheck. house while you're doing this podcast today. <laughs> I could do two. I could perform on two stages on yes, two opposite sides of Sydney the at the same time. Oh, oh, amazing. That's incredible. We. This is a conversation that I've had with my boyfriend and with a couple of friends, and it, it kind of delves a little bit deeper into, I guess, identifying male and female um, characteristics. And we started talking about why do you identify particular things with being male or female? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. why? And and for me, like I, I kind of I very much relate to this. And it was funny you were saying before about you pick your arguments. I have long hair. Mm-hmm. I have been super overweight and, you know, have not been the body shape that I've wanted. And I have physically changed my body, but I've often been mistaken for a woman. And I've kind of gotten to the point in my life where I'm like, I just, whatever. You know what? That's actually quite a, a high compliment you're going to pay me if you think mm. that I'm that pretty. So I just let it go. And there are times when I will, you know, make a point of it with people. But it's funny when you start looking at what we call male characteristics, and I'm using the inverted commas fingers here that you guys can't see, but, um, and what we call female, it's like, at what point did we decide that being a ballet dancer was a female thing or being, you know, a builder was a male thing? It just, it's crazy. And why does going against the norms of that have a negative connotation? And why does it matter to anyone? 
it's because we've all been brainwashed <laughs> by capitalism. Yeah, yeah. No, but essentially Honestly, that's yeah. what because, it is. Because pink used to be the colour boys were dressed in and blue used to be the colour that girls were dressed in and then they swapped it. Everything in our society is designed so that we can make money off commodifiable goods mm. and feelings. Like Freud and his work in psychology in the early, early 20th century linked so many of our uh, commercial traits and the way we sell things to people to do with psychology and sexuality yeah. and the way we feel and sold certain things to women and certain things to men because mm. they knew that there was those base desires that drive. And it's true. Like certain genders and sexes do have hormonal drives that influence them more than others. And it's just about where those align in a post-gender world where we're all living as our own identities and not necessarily what um, mother capitalism pops in our little box yeah. mm. of goodies. So you should do this. Now, Sam, you have an interesting take on this too because you are also a drag performer. Correct. But you, I guess... Oliver, do you separate your drag performance from how you are, obviously, how you identify uh, with your gender? So I guess you're kind of on the same level when it comes to your drag performance. Absolutely. For me, for me, my drag is I have my masculine side and then I also have my very feminine side. And my feminine side only gets explored in drag Mm. as out of drag, I do enjoy masculinity and I enjoy wearing a suit and having my hair yeah. slicked back as a boy and all that kind of thing. But once I'm in drag, I want to look like a, I want to look pretty. And that's, that's the way I explore that side of femininity because it might be a personal thing that I don't feel comfortable exploring my femininity in a male present, in yeah. a male presenting. But that's, that's where my drag sits. So yeah. my, I, for me, they're two very separate things. May they mesh together more in the future? I don't know. And also too, I think drag is, I think a lot of people forget is a, is a performance art. Mm. Like you're you're not always dressing up as a woman because you may, um, you guys are perfect examples because you're exploring your feminine side and you are as well, Sam, but you also have a male side as well that you like to identify. And then Oliver, you have your non-binary side that you like to identify with. So I think a lot of people get confused about, they're like, oh, well you do drag. So you must want to be a woman. No, no, I don't No, And I I think that's, that was the interesting thing with me as well. Cause I was like, there was a point where I was like, oh, I'm doing drag this much. And it's, I was like going out in drag when I wasn't working mm-hmm. so much that I was like, well, I must be trans. I must want to transition. And it's, it wasn't necessarily that because then I stepped back and I looked at the drag I was doing and I was like, I have never wanted to necessarily look like a woman. Like mm-hmm. I have a drag character that's a giant cockroach. <laughs> and it's like. It's the funniest thing. It's like, that's, oh that's not anything to do with wanting to be a woman, yeah. but it's about being comfortably and living in a complete other yeah. like category. And yeah. it's about no one looking at, no one looks at a giant cockroach and goes, well, that's obviously a lady cockroach. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's, it's, um, I think, I think drag is, is the space where we can explore those, uh, other characteristics. those other, other tendencies. Absolutely. Do you think, do you think your drag is like an exploration of your non-binary side, though, if you like to dress up as a cockroach? Because you're essentially being something that's not male or female. Oh, yeah. I I, um, I even think when I do my, you know, my drag that I do at venues around Sydney and I host a, in a more traditionally drag woman yeah. side, I mean, my drag name, et cetera, et cetera, is, 
in it in itself it's you know etc cetera, etc cetera. Yeah. it and everything else yeah. you know and on and on and on and i think that i i like to explore the possibilities of existing in a world where i mean nothing nothing really matters or is real if we boil it down to it like we're mm-hmm. all just like bunches of cells floating through a right. void being struck by solar rays and the planet's heating up and we all have like addictions you told me that we're very intelligent yeah <laughs> i'm also very obsessive and i i obsess over very um very and small now, now I'm just having uh, climate anxiety. So <laughs> exactly. Fine. Sorry, climate anxiety. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, the point is, is that um, drag is a magical place to explore, and I do like to explore in it. Yeah, we all yeah. should. We all now, should. You were talking about where you do perform. We would, if we mm. want to see you, where can we see you? Well, you can see me outside your house at three a.m. in the morning. <laughs> um, no, was that you? That was me. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Can you please um, revoke the restraining please order? Please stop flashing that flashlight <laughs> in my house. It's not nice. Um, I am a weekly host at the Imperial Hotel in Erskineville. Um, I also am a performer at Universal on Oxford Street. Yes. Um, I also uh, I moonlight and, and sunlight around various venues across Sydney. Um, I, I do a lot. I, I you will see me if you try hard enough. Yeah. I'll shine my shine my uh, symbol in the Look sky. Look for like the cockroach. <laughs> yeah, cockroach. Now, there is part of this podcast where we like to thank, uh, you know, those amazing people in our lives. And we call them our best duties, uh, hence the name of this podcast. And this week, I would like to do a little shout out to Jonathan Van Ness, uh, JVN from, from uh, Queer Eye. He has taken the big step to write a tell-all book. And one of those things that he's telling all about in his book is that he is HIV positive. Uh, He was diagnosed when he was 25. And he also talks about his drug addiction and, you know, some nastier parts of his and some darker parts of his life. And I think that it takes a lot of bravery to, takes a lot of bravery to tell one person, let alone to write it in a book and to tell everyone in the world, especially when they have preconceptions about who you are and what kind of person you are. And I just think that, you know, good on him for taking this step because he's giving a voice to... I guess in particular, some younger kids who maybe don't want to talk about it, who, who are also living the same kind of life. And so, um, I did, was lucky enough to meet him once and he is just an utter ray of sunshine. And I think that this story that he's telling is going to be very valuable. So my best duty this week is JVN. Thank you for that. What about you, Oliver? Do you have a a best duty this week? Oh, my best duty. I think, I think my best duty this week, I'm going to have to say, Normally, when I get asked these questions, I normally say my mother because yeah. she's she. I am I am just. You can have two if you I am just a small little version of her frolicking Your throughout the world. <laughs> um, but I would say my best duty this week is actually I just I just came back from a month in America mm-hmm. and I just uh, spent a lot of time with my friend Natalie Fleur, who's from Melbourne. She came over with me. Yeah. Um, she we spent a lot of time together in America, going through the craziest adventures. But she is such a amazing influence because she's um she's been through so much in her life and it's very similar to what some of the stuff I've been through but she, like like Jonathan Van Ness a complete ray of sunshine yeah. and always striving to better herself and, yeah. and I just want to give a good shout out to my friend Natalie she's a good egg good on you Nat um, and a queer events producer she runs a big party <laughs> in Melbourne called Give Me Life and another uh, queer fan party called Two in the Pink Presents <laughs> Two in the Pink <laughs> I love that what a name <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, she's fantastic. She's so great. Um, yep. What about you, Sam? Um, yeah, today, uh, congratulations to uh, Billy Porter from Pose, yes. who is the first queer male of colour to win Outstanding Lead Actor in a Drama. Isn't that incredible? Which I just think the vil- visibility that he is putting 
on our community is just second to none. Yeah. And, and I, I love that he has a things. who gives a f- attitude. Like mm-hmm. it's, yeah. there is no other way to describe how he holds himself. And if you haven't watched Pose, get around it. It is an amazing TV show. If you think you know where all of the RuPaul's Drag Race vernacular comes from, you are wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it comes yeah. from. And watch Paris is Burning and all of those movies as well. Um, yeah, good on him. That's amazing. Will you help me? Can you help me? You don't need to be helped any longer. You've always had the power to go back to Kansas. I have. Then why didn't you tell her before? Because she wouldn't have believed me. She had to learn it for herself. Now, finally, Sam, uh, we do like to do a little affirmation in our podcast each week, or as we like to call them, an affirmation, because we are pro-female. We're pro-everything in this podcast, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Um, do you have an affirmation for us? I do. I do. Um, so it's, uh, this last weekend, it was my mum's birthday on the weekend. Oh. Um, happy birthday, mum. And something that we talk about a lot on the show is having our chosen family mm-hmm. as well. And I think after spending a lot of time with the, um, my family on the weekend and also spending a lot of time with some other people on the weekend and all that, I just thought that a family quote would be really nice today. So I found one by an Irish playwright, a guy called George Bernard Shaw, who was alive in the 1800s, Um, but it was a happy family is but an earlier heaven. And I just thought that was so perfect because we all have our chosen family. You were speaking about Natalie before Mm -hmm. and how lovely she is, and I feel like she's part of your chosen family. You guys are my chosen family as well. Like. And it was just really nice spending the weekend with family and being here today, being able to record this Oh, as God, well. I feel like, Oliver, your wine has just, like, taken over this entire podcast and we're having a little, <laughs> a little DNM. <laughs> I know, I know. So, George Bernard Shaw is one of my favourite playwrights. George Bernard Shaw wrote Pygmalion, <gasps> which is what... Did you know that? Which is I what did not. My Fair Lady, the musical, is yeah. based on George Bernard Shaw's novel Pygmalion, which is like a play, actually. See, what yes. are the chances? It was all just chances? meant to be. But it's fantastic. <laughs> so fantastic. Such a great quote. Yeah. yeah. Look, Oliver, thank you so much for coming in today. It has been very, very interesting talking to you. And I feel like no one in this world has ever done learning. And I feel like even some of us who maybe think we know about what it's like to be a, you know, a non-binary person can still learn a lot from what you have to tell us. And you're a very articulate oh, person. And thank you. I've for... still got so much to learn. We all do. <laughs> we go, all back, do. go back to school. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't wait to see you uh, out performing one night. I absolutely will be coming up to you and giving you air kisses and not pulling on your wig because we've been learning about. Justin's been taught a lot about wig. To do oh, fantastic techniques. Yeah, always flash photography. Yes. Always flash photography. Turn on your flash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, now, Sam, we do like to finish this podcast in our very own special way. Are you ready? If you would like to join in, then I'm you're ready. more than welcome to. <clears throat> There's no, no, we <laughs> threw that up again. I just wanted to mess you up because we oh, did it in the last you do that of every week. <laughs> Are you ready? I'll count you in this time. Ready? Okay. Three, two, one. There's, There's no, no place, place like, like homo. homo. There's, There's no, no place, place like homo. homo. There's no place like homo. Cue the twinkling sound. <laughs>